Today is Wednesday, January 24th. The title for our devotional is Fear of God. Our next imperative comes on the heels of our previous one, to be holy as God is holy. Some commentators would place this one as subordinate to the call to holiness, and that fits nicely too. They are certainly related at the least. I'm taking them separately just to make our uh, five daily topics a little cleaner. <laughs> All right, 1 Peter 1, 17 to 21 reads, And if you call on him as father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourself with fear throughout the time of your exile. That's the main section. Knowing that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot, He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. All right, this section is quite dense, like uh, others before it, uh, but the main idea is to conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile. The fear here is talking about the fear of the Lord, which is a common refrain throughout Scripture, even in the New Testament we find it, uh, it's often accused of just being an Old Testament thing, but we find it in Philippians 2.12, 2 Corinthians 7.1, Acts 5.5 and 11, and so forth. Uh, and here, obviously. Peter here reminds us that we are God's children in that we call on him as Father. But God is also our judge, who judges impartially according to each one's deeds. So remember, fatherhood of God, children of God, and judge, these are all metaphors to describe God and his relationship to us. None of them do so perfectly. Father is uh, certainly the most prevalent, prominent one, but there are others as well. So, talking about the fear of God, it always produces some conflicted thoughts and feelings in us. Certainly, the predominant expression, as I just said, of our relationship to God in the New Testament is one of love and Him as our Father. As John writes in 1 John 4, 18, he says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. In that context, John is talking about love being perfected in us, so we have no fear of judgment on the day of judgment. That is 100% true. We should not fear judgment. Uh, Therefore, we should not fear the judgment and punishment of God. God's wrath against sin and evil has been poured out on the cross, and therefore we can go free. We are not under that wrath anymore. Yet, there is a sense in which we should still fear God that he is the all-powerful judge of the universe, and that should spur us on towards holiness as well, which is how Peter is using it here. Awe and reverence get at this idea as well. Believers are to conduct themselves with fear, knowing that they have been ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from their forefathers. Ransom, redemption, was a common practice in the ancient world. Even in pagan religions, a slave could give a sum of money to the temple. Part would be distributed to the former owner, and part would be kept in the temple. The former slave would then be thought of as belonging to the God to which he gave the redemption price to. This theme is found in the Old Testament as well. Psalm 34, 22, Deuteronomy 7, 8, and Isaiah 52, 3. Israel was redeemed from Egypt and from exile. They were not redeemed for unlimited freedom, however. They were brought into the family of God, and now they belong to God. They are redeemed from Egypt and brought out into the desert in order to establish a covenant relationship with God at Mount Sinai. They were not redeemed with money either. Instead, Peter emphasizes here that they were redeemed with the blood of Christ. The word for precious, it sounds like the word for a ransom price. So when Peter says the precious blood of Christ, he's 
linking those ideas. If you're in Greek, they sound, reading it in Greek, they sound very similar. So Peter is using this ancient practice of redemption to describe this new status of the people of God, that we have been redeemed from our uh, former feudal ways inherited from our forefathers by the precious blood of Christ. There's so much here that I don't have time to go into everything that I want to through this text, and um, but I just want to highlight a couple more main ideas. Uh, similar to what we talked about yesterday, the Christians were redeemed from the feudal ways inherited from their forefathers. The ways of the Gentiles can be described like this, but the ways of the Jews can be described like this as well, which Paul does in Philippians 3, 4 through 9, where he calls his former way of life garbage, which garbage isn't really a strong enough word, but you get it. You get the idea. Every other way of living is futile compared to living for Jesus, living in the kingdom of God, because we have been redeemed from those former ways of life and been brought into covenant relationship with God. So, just as the believers he is writing to were chosen, quote, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, which he references in chapter 1, verse 2, we talked about that a few weeks ago, so Jesus was foreknown before the foundations of the world. God's whole plan of redemption that was foreknown by God the Father. Both Jesus to be the Redeemer, the atoning sacrifice to bring the people of God into his family, pay the redemption price through Christ. Uh, what believers are experiencing in Christ now is all according to plan. Uh, both Jesus and the believers are all according to God's plan. Reflection time today. God is the all-powerful, awe-inspiring God who is the ultimate judge of creation. Knowing who God is should produce a fear and awe, a holy reverence in us that leads us to living a holy life. This fear doesn't exist at the expense of love, but along with it, we should be confident and assured of our salvation and our status as beloved children of God, not fearing judgment in the end, right? Yet, we need to obey God now in holy fear and reverence as he is the judge of all creation. I know this is such a tough topic, but uh, for today, I want you to reflect on your sense of awe, fear, and reverence of God. This is a tough topic because I know some of you have a submissive disposition and obedience to authority is not a problem for you. And so this comes naturally to you. Some of you have life experiences with abuse at the hands of authority figures that have wounded you and left you skeptical of any call to fear or revere any authority. Uh, to those of you who have this experience in your story, I would say to remember that God is the impartial good judge who judges according to the truth. That God, he is the hope even of your abuser receiving true justice. Some of you, however, have a rebellious disposition and submission to authority is anathema to you. Some of you perhaps are trying to take advantage of the gospel message by claiming to believe in Jesus but also living however you want. Uh, to the latter to know that God will not be mocked and you need to have a holy fear and reverence of God as our judge. This should lead us to living a life of holiness before him.